0: Let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts pretty amazing and you literally have to do nothing the other thing is you can make money from your podcast there's no like minimum listenership required so that's kind of cool um but yeah seriously if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one i would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place um so yeah go ahead download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started what are you waiting for Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Serena. I'm Victoria. And this is our podcast, Femme Noir. It's a podcast where we basically talk about movies centered around women. So we're going to talk about movies that are written by women, movies that are directed by women, or movies starring women. Well, hello and welcome to our podcast, Femme Noir. I'm Serena. I'm Victoria. And today, we are talking about the movie The Half of It on Netflix. The Half of
1: It, which came out in 2020, is written and directed by Alice Wu. The film stars Leah Lewis as the shy, bookish Ellie Chu, who is hired by the sweet but inarticulate jock Paul, played by Daniel Deemer, who needs help wooing the most popular girl in school, Aster, played by Alexis Lemire. Their new unlikely friendship gets tricky when Ellie discovers she has feelings for the same girl. Um, So, as always, we'll start with first impressions based on the trailer, Um, then we'll go into more in-depth analysis. Um, We'll end up talking about um, how this film relates uh, when looked through the scope of the Bechdel test. Um, Serena is going to read some tweets made by the creator that uh, really showcase the uh, feelings, emotions, and thoughts that went into making this film. More behind the scenes. Um, We'll have an FMF. The Buckmerry Friend Zone, as always. And then um, we'll end with recommendations for you guys. If you like this film.
0: Yeah, I think as far as first impressions go, like when I first watched it, I absolutely loved it. I'm pretty sure I watched it with both of my siblings uh, one night. And then the very next night I watched it again with my friends. And I was just like, it's so good.
1: This film was like the old guard where it just appeared. I didn't hear anything about it. And then one day it was just there and then everyone was talking about it. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch it. Um, it was really cute though. Yeah. It was really good. I liked mm-hmm. it. I'm not I into like rom-coms. It's like a... We've established that. So I was just like, okay, <laughs> it's good. I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something about that. Cause it's like, it was marketed as kind of like a rom-com type movie, but then watching it, it had I don't know, a lot more meaning, and it was more like coming of age, but it wasn't just like a coming out story, because we get a lot of those kinds of films where it's just like a girl in high school or a guy in high school realizes they're gay, and it's a coming out story, also coming of age story, but I like that this one, um, it focused on a different type of love, so it was still very much representative of like everyone in the film and like human emotion and feelings and everything, while at the same time, it added a lot more depth, I think, and I don't know, I personally was more interested in it just because it did focus on different aspects of love. Um, I want to say that, like me being an asexual, I always get a little excited when there's films that talk about love and caring deeply about people in a non-romantic way. Um, So I always kind of hold like a special place for those kinds of movies. So I might be a little biased, a little bit just in my heart because I really appreciated what this film did and that it was really about like friendship and becoming like yourself um, while still exploring ideas of just love in general without it being any type of like relationship or relationship advice. Like it was very, it was really interesting in that way to me.
1: Right. It is weird because I would say that this is a rom-com. I think just because of the cliches and the situations that played out but yeah, her mm-hmm. relationship with the um, main love interest, um, Aster, it kind of takes the backseat. It's not really the main, um, it is it is the main plot, but it also kind of isn't. By the end of the movie, um, they, there isn't really that much development. I feel they, they yeah. don't really go from like, typically I think there's sort of like a, like a major um like boundary that's crossed whether it's they are yeah. you know they hate each other and then they end up loving each other and that's there's a larger gap between that but they never really yeah um have that that sort of obstacle to cross um
0: yeah it's a much more complicated relationship between like everyone in the film it's not just yeah. like that black and white like oh this is who you're supposed to fall in love with this is who you're supposed to not like like it's mm-hmm way more convoluted and like complex it is to really complicated watch complex. on screen. I remember
1: the first time we had talked about this movie um I brought up how it was I thought it was so weird that Aster was cheating on her boyfriend um like double cheating because first she um goes out with Paul and then kisses mm-hmm. um Ellie Chu and then it's like and there's there's no articulation on that. Um, I thought that was mm-hmm. really strange because I guess that was my own um, that's my own fault for being under the assumption that it's a rom com because typically those sorts of actions would have like related consequences. Um, yeah, mm. they never really uh, explain why <laughs> she was yeah, okay. Like, she, she was a very Christian girl, and then here she has like a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, that was weird to yeah. me. First watch, that was weird. I picked
0: up on that. <laughs> yeah, like, I've seen it now a couple of times. I want to say, like, three or four baby times. Um, and when I was re-watching it the most recent time, I kind of picked up on that character, like, more than I had the past couple of times I watched it. Like, I definitely had always been like, oh, they did such a great job with, like, Ellie and with Paul and bringing in all these types of like, you know, different things about them. And I was always like, oh, this is super cool. I love how they that. I love this about it. I love how they talk to each other, blah, blah, blah. Then this time I watched it, it was similar because I knew you had said that and I was watching for it and I was like, they really didn't do any of that. But it's interesting because the film is also, they have this thing going on, Ellie and Aster about like being bold and making your boldest stroke and, you know, like, doing things and making choices for yourself. And so it's really interesting to see that like through the whole film, Ellie doesn't really make a big choice for herself until the very end when she decides to kiss Aster. But the whole time Aster is making all of these choices for herself, like communicating with Paul, having this like emotional affair um, and like going on dates with him because she 100% 100% knows that whatever she's doing with the other guy, I don't even remember his name. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just watched it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but whatever she's doing with that guy is not what she wants. It's what she imagines or assumes is just what she has to accept. Yeah. And so it's like kind of the first time for her to also make these choices for herself. Yeah, and sure. it's so much more interesting to watch from that standpoint of like, Oh, wow. Like, yeah, like, she's this Christian girl. She talks to Ellie about, like, religion and life and all of that kind of stuff. Um, So it's really interesting to see see all of these perspectives interact in a film, especially with Ellie. And she's like, I don't believe in all of that stuff. And then, like, Paul, who's like, yeah, I was raised this way, but he's just like a sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) like an absolute sweetheart and i don't know i really enjoyed the film i think because of the complexities of it it's not just a cut and dry uh basic movie like you can't predict what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. um the way that they did comedy was a little different like they still have the comedic bits but sometimes they really just let something really deep sit there Mm -hmm. like they would be talking and then she'd be like oh okay well i think it's dumb (laughs) like after the super large, like, conversation and concept that they're talking about, and then it would just be, like, a moment of silence for the audience to just kind of sit in it that instead of just going sense. immediately into, like, a a comedic, like, payoff or something, yeah. which I really, I really enjoyed about it. The pacing and the cadence of the film was really nice and consistent throughout the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like what you just said about how um, it was a rom-com with, like, Or not that it was a rom-com, but that it showcased different romances. Because I think I got a lot of those, that impression that it was a rom-com from her behavior with Paul and Paul's relationship. But they weren't a romantic couple, but they kind of have that, like everything that you would expect from a rom-com couple. They have that like building of of a relationship, Um, but they end up being just friends. So that's really cute. And that's something I never picked up on before until you literally just said that. I think that's where I got that
0: impression I love it I love to see it
1: (laughs) because it kind of was and they they kind of crossed that threshold from like they weren't necessarily enemies Mm -hmm. but they weren't in the same social sphere yeah. at all and she was very like averted to him like did not want to mm-hmm. be associated with him uh, <laughs> and then they end up becoming like you know she cries on the train as she leaves him
0: yeah yeah oh, I
1: love that scene cute. it's so good it's so good because like, she I like the it, idea then...
0: of like the the great romantic gesture yes. but it's completely just out of a deep care for a person yes. and it doesn't it's not necessarily romantic it's just a deep gesture of love mm-hmm. and that's it's it's done so well in this film yeah i absolutely love it
1: yeah I and really it was between platonic <laughs> individuals
0: which is mm-hmm. really
1: sweet because yeah i wasn't really yeah. I, I, like interested at all in like Esther and like and her like, it was, it was <laughs> not it didn't have the development that her and that ellie and paul's relationship had which
0: mm-hmm. is really sweet yeah i like how um throughout the movie they have these like quotes in it that pop up on the screen um i don't know what it is about them but i think they're super interesting because it it also changes throughout the film and i kind of love how it goes from being this really serious like look at love and life um and it very much mirrors the film as it goes through like parallels the film because it starts off with these super intense quotes about life and love and from like classical artists and s- writers and stuff like that and then as you get further along in it eventually there's one scene where they actually quote Ellie in the the like thing that the quote on the screen as like the transition and then the very end right before the train it's just emojis yeah
1: <laughs> and it says like cute. various
0: sources and it's just like the cutest thing because it kind of the film like stops taking itself so seriously and is like yes this is an ending everybody deserves
1: (laughs) that's so cute and it's just beautiful yeah that motif of art was really nice I wrote down that the first scene taking place in the music room was kind of Mm -hmm. that like foundation of the like appreciation and the the way that art was integral to the characters, like versus yeah. having the establishing scene like in a cafeteria or like outside mm-hmm. the school or something random, then it really like it kind of draws a line between those characters, like that commonality of art and that like deeper connection and deeper thinking that they may have like a deeper mm-hmm. appreciation for each other,
0: and then that yeah, came through it really in, like, does carry through. Yeah. I think. Even you just saying that reminded me even of, like, um, just the relationship that Ellie has with her dad and how they're always watching films together. And I I 100% <laughs> think that film is a form of art. So, like, I don't think I ever really thought that hard about it until you just said, like, the motif of art. Because, yeah, there's, like, the, the painting and, like, the books mm-hmm. and, like, the, the, the writers and the concepts stuff. and everything. Yeah. But then there's also, like, the film that, like, it's almost like every point or every relationship she has has like some type of art form that they oh. do together or something like that now that you I mention like it
1: that. i never even thought of that <gasps> i like that
0: because like with wow. Aster, even when she's ghost writing for what's his face oh i mean not only is she writing but she's using her like i guess knowledge of writers and she's taking like all these challenges of like okay well i challenge you to this intellectual artist or whatever and then eventually they drop the like intellectual artist and they go straight to the graffiti mm-hmm. and they start graffitiing and they're like what's your boldest stroke and then she's like i was going to be a painter but i stopped painting and then she's like okay and their whole thing is like what is it this it's she says um it's a quote that Aster says that Ellie ends up quoting back to her in the church after, where Aster's talking about how uh one of her art teachers said that there's five strokes, or maybe it's three, that make a painting great, and then that it's like the boldest strokes. And so you have to be either and basically the idea behind it was that it's either you're going to be comfortable having a good painting or you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone to make these bold strokes to see what could be and like, what could be the next big thing? Like your painting might be great after this. And then Ellie combats it with, okay, but if you do that, you also have to make sure that you still have it in you to still make that good painting again, mm. which I feel like is. ugh. So it's very interesting to think about just through the film, how that, idea carries through Mm. and then in the church she says love is being willing to make the bold strokes knowing that you might not ever be able to get back to that good painting Mm. and like be
1: able to top yourself I don't know
0: every time I watch this film when she says that I'm just like oh (laughs) gut punch like oh it's so good it means like
1: you have to be willing to do it even though you may not ever like be that good again or how do you interpret yeah
0: like whatever you have you might ruin it but love is like the striving for it the she says that too to someone else like in her big monologue and it's just like that's accurate (laughs) (laughs) it might never be what it once was but it could also be the greatest thing ever um I know and I like
1: because it has such a profound like message and like you said like it can be like the way it can be interpreted and things she said Mm -hmm. um but it it seems very simple visually and then narratively it's just these high schoolers and there's Mm -hmm. I feel like to me there's very few sets um maybe there actually was like many but there's in (laughs) terms of like um places there was like the school her house Briefly, Paul's house, the church. It wasn't something like that required, um, you know, like Grand Central Station Mm -hmm. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it wasn't to the airport. It It was very like small (laughs) and condensed, and like I felt that um, they like built that imaginary city. So um, Mm -hmm. it was like we were like you know witnessing these these little like dolls, like, you know, in this like tiny little city, like in their own like um I wanna say like capsule, but like what would be a better word? <laughs> Not the capsule, but like
0: I don't know. Hold on. Don't. I was gonna say set again and then I was like we already said that. Word. I know cut
1: that out. Right, cut this out. I'm gonna
0: <laughs> look up at the source.
1: <laughs> so they built that fictional city so believably it's like witnessing these characters as real people in like such a concise and um mm. that's not a good word, I hate that word
0: like realistic way, I guess,
1: like what do I want to say like condensed but that that's not the word it, an ad popped up, okay, anyway, it's like witnessing <laughs> like um these people live out a world, but at the same time it it um we kind of talked about like that whole fantasy versus reality in the Promising Young Woman mm-hmm. one. And I feel like this one did a good job of like keeping that separation um, between yeah. reality and fantasy. Like we can, as an audience, indulge in this in this fantasy and at the same time understand it as like its own. Um... Oh, I'm gonna world. go insane. <laughs> I'm gonna go insane. You have to hold on because I know that there's a word <laughs> I'm going I'm going to go fucking insane okay like in its <laughs> its own enclosed <laughs> environment <laughs> that only took me 15 minutes <laughs> um but yeah because it's like I feel like at the end I mean maybe other people interpreted it differently but it really felt like an ending I really didn't feel like it was open-ended mm-hmm. it felt like the story ended there you know
0: Yeah, it did feel like a nice little moment in time that you kind of just get to experience. Yeah. And you don't necessarily need to keep, like, experiencing it. Like, you got exactly what you needed from it, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I really... Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. There's just a lot of elements and themes about this movie that are interesting, because even... The beginning like when we if we continue talking about the idea of art like it starts off with that little animation of um Ellie kind of talking about like how humans when we were born uh, there's legends that say that we had um four arms and four legs and uh, two a head with two faces. And then the gods thought that we were so happy that they wouldn't be able to control us anymore. So they cut us in half and we spend the rest of our lives looking for our soulmate. And so I thought that, that was such an interesting idea as well, like the idea of a soulmate uh, to bring into the story about high schoolers that end up kind of being each other's soulmate without it being necessarily like a romantic thing. Because you see that a lot in films where everyone's like oh I found my soulmate or something you hear at weddings all the time <laughs> like you're my soulmate and I'm like oh crazy <laughs> no way of course they are um, Do you believe in, do you but you believe in this soulmates? this film almost like challenges it uh and I I do appreciate that as well so
1: you don't believe in soulmates <laughs> I feel like
0: what were you saying you don't
1: believe in soulmates
0: no no I do it's oh, just like do? the the f- the the whole thing where, like, everyone just assumes that their romantic partner is their soulmate.
1: Oh, because then you don't believe that, is what I'm saying.
0: I don't necessarily think that it has to be between, rom- like, romantic attraction or romantic partners. Like, I 100% believe that, like, maybe your friends can be, like, your soulmate. Or, like, your soulmate could be, like, a mentor or something like that. Like, it doesn't have to be a romantic gesture or some, like, romantic thing that brings you together to be soulmates like it can completely be just like a deep understanding or connection um this is like yeah this is
1: so off topic but this is just so interesting so like you feel like if you are ever (laughs) dating somebody that like if even though they're not your soulmate you're like that's fine like whatever yeah that's cool that's cool (laughs) that makes sense i would agree with you um yeah, I agree with you hundred <laughs> <I think> percent. Soulmates <laughs> <a> real. <laughs> and I but I would say that like um I feel like more confident between like my like friendships and stuff. Like that is probably mm-hmm. the closest to soulmate that it gets, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, like some people are like, Oh, I married my best friend. I'm like, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I'd want to marry my best friend. I don't know yet. Maybe <laughs> this will just end up but being... But if they say yes. This is <laughs> going to be a podcast about love. <laughs> no, <know>,
1: wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, Let's I just, just talking expose about ourselves.
0: <laughs> oh, the Pisces energy in the room right now.
1: Girl. <laughs> the energy has been very, like, Valentine's Day. I'm not trying to, like... Know is this
0: coming out near Valentine's Day? This episode, I feel like it might be. I think it's coming on March. Valentine's Day episode, where we just talk about (laughs) our ideas. Yeah, (laughs) we have no answers for you, we're just ruminating. Yeah, (laughs) I'm wearing red because it's Valentine's Day.
1: (laughs) I'm wearing green because I I look like a
0: pirate. Like a smudgy I literally pirate. don't think you
1: look like a pirate at all. I don't know how you came up with that.
0: <laughs> I think it's because I feel like my eyes look kind of puffy and they're like a no. little bit like my, my, uh, I, I took a nap on my face and like <laughs> face my, down? I didn't bother redoing my eye makeup. And so my,
1: <laughs> I'm my, uh,
0: my mascara is like a bit smudgy and I'm just wearing this nice red collared shirt. No, it's <laughs> it cute. always gives me pirate vibes. Anyway, back it. to love. <laughs> just kidding, I yeah. have nothing to add here. <laughs> I know, fuck the movie. I'm kind of embarrassed now, I don't want to keep talking. Keep talking about what? Love.
1: I want to talk about it more, though.
0: Okay, Victoria, just for you.
1: Oh my god. I <laughs> so because I
0: love you. So it's because I love you.
1: We got that on Candid Cam. No takesies, vaccines.
0: Cheers to that. We'll keep it in. I'll keep it in just for you. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day.
1: drink to that. <laughs> um, so what do you think the closest you've ever gotten to a soulmate would be? And do you think if you haven't, that you will
0: I think the closest I've gotten to that actually is with my friendships right now. Like, I think like, oh, that I, like
1: many friends.
0: Yeah, like between them all, I feel like as a group, we like, I feel like I guess complete. I guess like I don't really need to go outside of like that to feel anything. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I do feel very complete by myself, but I spent a really mm-hmm. long time like thinking about friendships and trying to understand friendships because a part of this was like growing up military and stuff where being friends with people was really hard because I was constantly moving. So I definitely after high school took just like a couple of years to just figure out what the heck friendship is and like how to be a good friend because I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so now I feel like I'm at a good point in my life where I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like, I totally understand. Like, I would always see these like movies where it was like, oh, like we're best friends and blah, blah, blah. And I like never understood. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I get it. I totally understand, like, Blair Serena, like, they're best friends, like. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, like, Blair? all of the, Blair and Serena from Gossip Girl, it's not a movie. I've never seen <it. laughs> I only watched it because she has the same name as me, and I wanted to know, like. Yeah, I was like, who's I've Blair? Never... <laughs> Who? <laughs> that was literally my only reason for watching it. Um, but, yeah, the, like, the whole, I guess, like, iconic friendships type thing, like, I never understood it, but I think I'm at a place right now, like, luckily in my early 20s to be like yeah like I have definitely cultivated at this moment in time friendships that I feel very confident in and that like I truly do like love my friends um and like I've had to think about that for like a really long time um yeah that's like a I don't know it's one of those things like for me like I just really I never really understood it which sounds horrible (laughs) Like, but yeah, like I guess like now I'm in that, that kind of like point in time. And I think like it comes for everyone at different times. Like I, I don't necessarily have like childhood friends that I was ever really close with, Mm -hmm. but these friends now, like we may not have been friends for a very long time, but we've definitely grown in our friendships with each other and like come into our own by being around each other. And I think that's like a really important thing for friendships. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Wow. So it was like at a point because you said you like had to think about it. It was like at a point where it was so good that you had to think about it or you like second guessed yourself. So you had to think about it or something like that.
0: Basically, after high school, I kind of just realized I was like, wow, I really don't have any like friends. (laughs) I was like, like I had friends like in high school. Like it wasn't just like like I had people to eat with and people that I had inside jokes with and people that like if I saw nowadays, like I would totally be like, yes, like uh, totally like click with them probably and like you know just pick back pick right back up like wherever we left off kind of a thing Mm -hmm. but it was a little different than being like I 100% could probably move across the world and we would still have time and the energy to figure out how to keep being friends if that makes sense
1: wow yeah that (laughs) definitely makes sense because
0: it's really hard to do that like I've Tried it so many times, but there's only a few people really where it like works.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow! Like even
0: you right now, like you don't live anywhere near me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm 500 miles. But away. like we still <laughs> see each other like at least twice a
1: week.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's which is super interesting. And so I think after having these friends for a while, I just kind of like it. Just kind of clicked, and I was like, "Holy crap! I've only been friends with them for this long, but it feels like." forever Mm -hmm. you know and i was like that's kind of how i knew i was like yeah i definitely have good friends right now and i love them
1: that's so sweet Yeah, that kind of (laughs) trust is hard to to have and reciprocate Mm -hmm. so that's really good that you guys have that like a really healthy like communication Mm. of that
0: Well, I hope we do. At least I feel like I do. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's great. And that's awesome. And I would agree. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. Just from the stuff that you tell me. I think that you definitely do. That's totally that's so
0: cute and beautiful.
1: Oh (laughs) You're about to cry. (laughs) What happened?
0: I said, are you about to cry?
1: (laughs) I'm not, but we might get
0: there. That's we might insane. get there especially when i read the author's notes about her feelings of like this movie and stuff it's so beautiful what she writes <laughs> and i think um i guess going back to the movie like what really brings this movie through is the writing and the just the the exploration of like human nature and friendships and relationships and all of that kind of stuff that really kind of like ties this movie together like there's some shots that are, like, really pretty, but overall, like you were saying, it's it's a pretty simple film, but the writing of it is just so good that, yeah. like, you can just keep watching it over and over again, and you don't even mind, like, if it's the most beautiful shot you've seen, like, you don't really notice it too much because you're way more invested in the characters, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really good sign of even just like the writing of a movie because I feel like a lot of times people are like oh I really like this movie and it's like the most boring movie ever (laughs) uh and you're just like why do you like it and they're like it's so pretty yeah (laughs) and you're like oh okay that's fine but I feel like when you have a movie that's just so well written like honestly like it could be it could probably be picked up and made by anybody and still be amazing yeah. as a movie, yeah. just because the script and the writing of it was so good.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, And I've had this like argument, or I've had arguments with people, just because like they'll do exactly what you said. They'll be like, "Oh my god, this movie's so good!" And I watch it, and I'm like, "Actually, there was like a bunch of plot holes. It was really this and that and everywhere." <laughs> but they're like, "But the music," and I'm like. <laughs> They're like
0: the soundtrack. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> they pick that one thing, they fixate on it.
1: Yeah, I think everyone has like a different thing. So like for some people, their thing is like everything can be shit, but if the music's good, it's a good movie. It, like everything can be like yeah. everything can be shit, but if the acting's good, it's a good movie. For me, everything mm-hmm. could be shit, but if the story's good, it's a good movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it's it's ugh. it has yeah. to be about the story. If the story's yeah. good, then I'm gonna be like it's a good movie. Yeah, like same. Yeah, I. Yeah, it can be every, low-budget like, You can't film. ignore everything else. Yeah. It's similar to, like, what I learned when, like, when you take a sound editing class, they basically teach you, they're, like, anything that you see on screen is going to be something that you're going to want to make a sound out of. And basically what they tell you is that, like, if your audience can pick up on, like, a mistake, then you're not doing it right. But if mm-hmm. the audience has no idea and they don't even notice, then you know you're doing it really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> and i feel like it's the same with movies where it's like the story super good like you shouldn't have to think too hard about it it's gonna just impact you and you're not even gonna realize it mm-hmm. until the movie's over yeah and i think that that really is like the staple of a good movie
1: mm-hmm. um <laughs> i think like when movies use like texting it's typically corny i'm just not a fan of it i guess that's
0: true yeah i i don't like uh like, most times when they, like, I like that they started off with, like, letters, and then obviously because it's, like, a real-life movie and it's supposed to, like, imitate life, they had to text. Yeah. And then, like, the emoji part, or they're like, send emojis, like, don't send emojis. And I was like, I, like, it was funny uh-huh. and it was cute, yeah. but I also hated how they sent, like. I was like, what the heck's Caterpillar with glasses? Like, Does that emoji even exist?
1: (laughs) I know. And then like you said, it came back to be like, not important, but they had that little ending screen sort of thing. So it kind of was like like, It was at least
0: meaningful to like their relationship. Yeah. It was cute to kind of be in on that inside joke.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But then I'm like, I don't know when movies do that, I'm like, if you can't like, i don't know i don't know why i'm like this because like i was born in 97 like i grew up in the age of like phones (laughs) and iphones and texting so i don't know why like when i see it in movies it's like Mm -hmm. corny i'm like you should be able to do it without the the texting and especially since it's like specifically iMessage texting like i
0: don't mind phones
1: (laughs) like they can call and like that would be cool but yeah
0: like when they're on a phone call or like a fake like even when they facetime it's a little weird
1: yes (laughs) like why is that weird i don't like to see it i want to say it has something
0: to do with the fact that they can't be like oh uh this is like a phone and uh Like, the brand, like, if I were to hold up, like, an Apple phone, they wouldn't be able to, like, use it in the shot unless they were sponsored by Apple, so they'd have to, like, make up a whole thing. Uh And I'm like, maybe that's what it is, but it does feel – it's always, like, really weird because it's, like – it's very obvious that they're never actually, like – this is a very nitpicky thing, yeah. but I don't know why they never just screen record on an iPhone and superimpose it into the iPhone <laughs> maybe when they you use the iPhone. They always take the actual video and then they shrink it and, like, superimpose it into the iPhone oh, yeah, or, maybe. like, the iPhone image. And they, like, try to reenact, like, iPhone, like, footage or whatever. Like, oh, they'll hold, like, a freaking black magic camera up to their face so that it looks, air quotes, looks like a like an iphone shot and they'll like have them hold it or like they'll be like shaky or whatever and i'm like you could just use an iphone
1: (laughs) well (laughs) iphones are good now i can see why they maybe wouldn't just because of resolution yeah
0: yeah (laughs) it'd
1: be crunchy on a freaking like movie screen but now now iphones are getting better yeah like nowadays you may
0: as well just use the iphone yeah now you could Like, not for the whole movie, obviously, but if it's going to be an iPhone shot or something that's supposed to look like it, I feel like even for the actors, that might even just be better. Like, use your resources, I guess. Like, you're spending so much money on this, like, black camera, on this black magic camera or something, or, like, the red or (laughs) something like that. Or, like, some Sony, like, the brand new one with a stabilizer and, like, a super big rig. And I'm like, they literally could just, like, screen record a conversation on facetime between the actors and it would s- probably feel better for the audience than it does when they use the, those giant cameras
1: <laughs> yeah i wonder if that's what they did did you ever watch american vandal i think that's what they did in that one maybe i don't yeah, know
0: yeah they do it, it so like realistic. that they do yeah. it all the time yeah or when they have like a facetime on the computer yeah. and then they like shrink the screen and they like try to edit it to look like a computer screen i'm like just stop i know it's
1: corny but that <laughs> like, whole scene stop. where she's where ellie's in the car uh, Paul's on the date with Aster and they're all texting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just not into that. Oh, yeah. They're it like texting back like, and forth. I don't know why. It-
0: there was yeah. one thing about that. Because I, yeah, every time something like that happens, they kind of do tune out. Um, but like the way that like they have teenagers text is never the way that teenagers actually text.
1: It, like it brings me <laughs> out of the movie for Which is also why it's like sure. clunky and awkward. I'm like, um, I, I'm suddenly so hyper aware of the fact that I'm watching a movie and that it's like
0: getting yeah, corny. it takes you out of it a little yeah, bit because you're I just don't like, it's why. not. That's not how we text at all. That's yeah. not how people text. It's weird. Um, but the one thing I did like about that was like they did this cool editing mm-hmm. thing where she sent like a risky text. And then it popped up on the screen, right? And then it has this this sound effect that's just like a door knocking like a. And then it like kind of holds the silence for a little bit. and then it shows before it shows you like the the waiting lines. So they were able to like add suspense to it that way, which you don't see often. they kind of just like, either zoom in or like it's or make it look like a text screen even though it's obviously not a text screen mm-hmm. and stuff like that so i did appreciate that a little bit where it like went back and forth because mm-hmm. the framing of the shot was really cool then they had it come up in like the corners and then they added like the sound effect but yeah i <laughs> maybe I think, maybe
1: because it's like it's like we're watching a movie right so i want to be like visually mm-hmm. stimulated i don't want to watch people on yeah. their phones.
0: I don't want to watch people texting. Yeah, I don't want,
1: like, I don't, it, you can't yeah. make that interesting. It's going to be boring. Yeah, like, they may as well to just be it. having
0: a conversation.
1: Yeah, like, it's, yeah, you can, you're making it up, like, make them talk, you mm-hmm. know, like.
0: Or, like, <laughs> even if it's a letter, like, you can yeah, That's interesting. Photograph they're doing something. or see something like that yeah. and, like. <laughs> you know, you can make that look interesting with cinematography and like, <laughs> framing and, you know, pans and slow movements, but you can't really do that with a text. It's really boring. Like, even when they're doing that typing thing, it's not and they interesting. have it, like, come across a screen, like, I actually hate that, because that's not what a text looks like when you get it. <laughs>
1: you know, it's like, I'm on my phone 24-7, I don't want to watch a movie, and then they're, they're on their phone. I don't know. Maybe that, I don't know. I don't know why it's such a weird oh. thing, but whenever it happens <laughs> in a movie, I'm just I'm like, fuck, this again? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I know, know like why? i always appreciate when they actually take the time to like write letters or something yeah. even though like most people are like oh that's super quirky or whatever yeah. they're like that's not realistic we would just send a text or like call someone on the phone. but i'm like that literally just
1: i'm like everything about the movie is isn't fake as let it be fake like why does it have to be <laughs> realistic it doesn't it's all fake like
0: <laughs> it's I all know, made up like it's it's odd <laughs> i don't know because they're like movies will always get those like bad raps for things that they're like oh why did they just like skip to that part and it's like Mm -hmm. because you don't want to see what comes in between no one wants to see what comes in between like (laughs) like those like oh my goodness when they're like getting ready for the day and they're like why don't we see them take a poop and you're like do you want (laughs) to see them take a poop it's not interesting (laughs) (laughs) no it's like why like we know they're pooping come on (laughs) like unless it's a comedy it makes no sense to see someone pooping on screen like if it's a coming-of-age movie and it's like a i'm getting ready for prom and the girl's like taking a shit (laughs) and you're just like we know she's doing that (laughs) That yeah if it was a (laughs) comedy but if it's like she just had her heart broken and now she's getting dressed to go to prom all by herself and get like no (laughs) i'm not gonna want to watch her sitting on the toilet (laughs) That's fucking funny. <laughs>
1: that was funny. But now that
0: I have said that, I'm definitely gonna write that into a comedy. <laughs>
1: just thinking that I was like Wait a waste I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna shatter the glass ceiling of having the first girl poop. In <laughs> Victoria, movie. write
0: this down for our um, for our, our nice new film. <laughs> Coming soon.
1: Everyone's we gonna want to see it. We do
0: have to incorporate this.
1: But that is something, too, like, this is not even movies, but when I would read books, I remember just always being pissed when they would mention that a girl was on her period. That happened, like, a lot. When <laughs> I was like, huh? Like, and it wouldn't have anything to do with the plot. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, You're like, like okay. I'm on my period. And it'd be like, she went to the bathroom and put on a pad and shit. I'm like, bitch, who care? Like, what the fuck? It's, like, the weirdest thing. It's, like, that unnecessary shit. I'm like, like okay. who? Like, I could have just... It doesn't matter. It's like, okay, so then any time you don't mention it, she's not... like." Bitch, it was not important at all, and that shit was weird. So it's like, that, like oh, so she
0: was only on her period one time in the span of four years.
1: Dude, it's like that what? girl needs to go to a doctor. Dude, I know. I don't even know. Yeah, it's that. It's that little, the little things that I'm like, I don't know. That I've always just fixated on. <laughs> to get back on track.
0: <laughs> what were we even talking about? Is there anything? else you would mention about the movie because i mean i feel like i could go in depth about like all the characters and everything and how much i love them and how precious paul is but i honestly feel like you should just watch the movie like if you haven't watched it already like you should just watch it and appreciate it like i don't want to ruin it for you so i don't want to talk too much about it if you haven't seen it but even if you have seen it like you totally know what i'm talking about <laughs> like if you've seen it you know what I'm talking about and i feel like if i keep talking about it it's just going to like not be as i don't know precious or impactful <laughs> like how many times how how many other ways can i just say that this himbo is like the perfect himbo he's so you know cute. like he's super respectful of literally everyone in this film and so nice like and then he's also like he's a jock he's kind of dumb And I really like the trope that they played throughout the whole thing with him trying to run and catch up with Ellie on her bike. That also just they mentioned one scene where the coaches are like, what the heck got into Paul? And like he's like running faster than the entire football team. But I really like that they pay that off later with him being the only one on the football team to have scored in like years yeah (laughs) so he becomes like the most famous person in their school
1: (laughs) yeah it was so cute
0: so precious I absolutely love that but I like that he also just got faster and that she never she never slowed down for him
1: (laughs) I think there was actually I wrote it down let me see what scene it was um there was a scene where uh it, it showed that he could go faster if he wanted to, but oh, he's yeah. like slowed down. He started to, like, slowing down. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I think it so was like cute. when those guys made fun of her or something, and he like chased after them, and then he like came back. Yeah. To like jog next to and her. And he's like,
0: "What the heck? Yeah. Do you want to be like like pick on someone your own size or something like that?" Yeah. And he like throws rock at yeah. her. <laughs> and she's like, "What the heck? No yeah. one's ever done that for me before."
1: Yeah. <laughs> And that's just more rom-com stuff film. that I'm like, yeah, man. Um, You're not a fan of, but
0: I think it's, them, it's adorable. Th- that was unique <laughs>
1: and cool. It was like rom-com between friends. <laughs> yeah, it's precious,
0: yeah. and I love it. Yeah, can we get more of that, please? Like, just friends just loving each other because I think that should be way more. Um, I'm not like it should be shown on screen a lot more than it is. I feel like. I feel like you always see these movies about like friends and stuff but then the whole time they're like girl I love you like you're my favorite blah, blah blah and then they also like just like there's never any grand gestures between friends like not a lot like sometimes there is and I think more and more now that we're in this age of film that we're film and tv I would say that we're in right now you see it a little bit more like I've definitely seen a couple more television shows come out where there's just like grand gestures between friends um on television not so much in movies though and I would really like to see that more
1: I definitely think that there's a lot between like cis white men there's a lot of buddy movies um that's are not diverse it's there's you never yeah, see Yeah, like there's
0: not a lot of diversity yeah like i want to see girls being friends with their girlfriends and just being like yeah i love you like yeah. you're my best friend yeah. and i want to see it with like men too like i feel like i don't, i see a lot of tiktok videos and this is kind of funny because they're like gotta love all new bros and it's just like them hugging and i'm like that's so precious and they're just like yeah like <laughs> Yeah what's the like, Yeah, that you is, like, don't see about, something like, like that. Like even in buddy films of like hugging your friends, doing like grand gestures for your friends out of like love for each other. Because um, even in like the buddy films it's more of like a like a we're talking about it but in a different context because we're we're bros. You know, like yeah we're bros like no homo type of a thing and I'm just like stop it
1: yeah <laughs> like,
0: like stop it it's <laughs> just hug, okay no one cares if you hug <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> like just hug it out like you know you want to Just <laughs> do it like no one cares <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> like you need it you need it so much you should feel okay to do that and I feel like a lot of times in media they make it feel like it's weird to have guys hugging or like mm-hmm. if they do do that they make it like a funny thing yeah like, like a honestly show. a new girl like with like schmidt and yeah. uh and nick they have this like little scene or bit where they're like i love you man i love you too man and they're like crying but they're like uh, beer uh, uh, like stuff like yeah. that and like uh, women uh, boobies <laughs> like something like that yeah. and it's like Why do we have to make it, like, a funny thing? Yeah. Like, can we just make it that, like, I feel like if we generalized it, like, men should show men platonic friendship love just as much as they show love to, like, people they're romantically attracted to. Mm.
1: No, I agree. But that really goes back to, like, like, what is it? Like, patriarchal standards of, like, holding women to standards and because that is because there are things that women do then men shouldn't do those things and Mm -hmm. you know that's how that
0: yeah like the whole like women are emotional and men can't be yeah and it's like the moment a man shows emotion if it's towards a woman then it's like cool but if it's like Towards another man, it's not. And It's like yeah. that's the dumbest thing ever. I know,
1: and it's sad because people think that we're really we're past that, but we're really not. Like how you just said, New yeah. Girl is like a really recent show, but that sucks. <laughs> like that's not like <laughs> yeah. It's like it or doesn't beneficial. have to be like a
0: joke. It yeah. can be serious. Yeah, I think
1: like yeah.
0: Should okay. I guess since we're talking about like men right now, <laughs> we should just do our Avem. <laughs> okay, <I did> <laughs>
1: okay and then not to make it weird because I know that these are all um they're all in high school but the actors are not in high school they are older so it's okay yeah <laughs> wait who the fuck oh he oh the boyfriend's name was Trigg. okay so that's Wolfgang oh <laughs> I forgot I was like every was
0: time this? he was on screen I was triggered <laughs> it's okay you can laugh at that if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> Victoria didn't, but
1: sorry, I'm in the zone. I had to take. To that. Okay, so <laughs> I what just are we that do? One in there. What? What?
0: <laughs> it just made a great pun, and you didn't even acknowledge it. I didn't know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> what? Happened? Oh man, I got to say it again, so okay. you can. If you missed it before, you can laugh at it this time. I said, "You said his name was Trig," and I said, "Because every time he was on screen, I was just triggered."
1: Oh, that's terrible! Why did you me listen to that? I mean, you know what?
0: Not only have they listened to it once, but now they've listened to it twice. Man, <laughs> that shit hurted. Thank you. I'll be here all night.
1: How about we just do Trig and Paul, and then it's just fucking friend zone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> i think the answer is obvious
1: <laughs> well, actually, wait is it though
0: <laughs> i mean i would screw paul and then friend zone trig
1: i would do the opposite i would friend zone paul oh, really? and i would fuck trig yeah because i want paul to be my friend <laughs> like how true. he's ellie's
0: friend because if i could marry any of them i would marry paul Same. obviously right precious human being of a cinnamon roll child golden retriever (laughs) type personality (laughs) it's perfect himbos we love to see it (laughs) that's funny
1: okay cool i'm glad we got a couple different answers two different answers on that there's only two (laughs) options (laughs) we got two different answers didn't plan that (laughs)
0: you <laughs> can get you, mono. Yeah, I'm ready. It's sad. Everyone, this is probably going to make Victoria cry. But um, we were talking earlier about how this movie is just so interesting and complex. And a lot of that is because the writer-director, Alice Wu, just kind of pours her heart into it. And she wrote this director's note that I felt was kind of important to read because it really does sum up, like... The themes of the movie and like if you've only watched it one time maybe and you never gave it a second thought like maybe it'll convince you to watch it again but i think that when directors write things about movies specifically like especially when they have like this like hers is pretty long and she posted it on twitter but like when they do stuff like that i feel like it's always important to read because it's kind of like another insight into the film um like obviously something could be made with an intention and you can interpret it like a different way but i always think that it's really cool to know what the intention is behind art and so i am for that reason going to read her director's note for you guys again this was posted on her twitter so like if you google if you google it you can find it if you want to like read it later or something or send it to someone else um but I also don't think we mentioned that obviously the director is a woman but she's a woman of color and she's also a lesbian and so this movie was kind of like she wrote it like kind of just to sort through like her own life like she was writing it from her own life so a lot of it is based in like her own experiences and so this is what she has to say about it so she says The first time I had my heart broken after coming out as a lesbian was not by a girl, but by a guy. A straight white guy from the heartland, no less. If you had picked this guy out of a crowd and said, that boy will be your best friend, I wouldn't have believed you. But sometimes you meet someone, and for whatever reasons, your weird works together. He helped me accept myself as gay at a time when neither of us knew any gays. And the two of us bumbled through the odd terrain of, in quotes, trying to get a girl he succeeded to our great joy at least one of us would not die alone and then disaster his new girlfriend was wary of us despite knowing i was gay and slowly ineffably the delicate calculus of our of our connection eroded i recall one rainy night the two of us crying in a car me blurting i don't get it if anything were going to happen to us wouldn't it have already happened and he said she's not worried we'll sleep together She's threatened by our intimacy. I always remembered that. The half of it didn't start as a movie about teens. I set out to write about 20-somethings best friends, a lesbian and a straight guy trying to understand love while not fully understanding their own connection. And then I hit a wall. I couldn't find an ending, not in a 100 pages, that felt both satisfying and earned. Them's the breaks when you try to write from life and you haven't the faintest idea how to make life work the way you want it to. I didn't know how to keep that love then, and I certainly don't know now. So, I threw up my hands and thought, I should just set this thing in high school. Because only in high school is everything heightened. Every feeling, the first and therefore only time you will ever feel this feeling. And frankly, when it comes to love, don't we all regress to being teenagers? As often happens in my work, at a certain point, my characters took over. A whole Cyrano component slipped in, and the film became something else entirely. So here I am, staring down the barrel of midlife, having just made a movie about teenagers. Now that it's done, I can see a few things more clearly. For one, I used to think there was only one way to love, that A plus B minus C equals love. Now that I'm older, I see that there are more, so many more ways to love than I had ever imagined. For another, endings are tricky, because we expect answers. Fifteen years ago, with my first film, Saving Face... I got one recurring question. Is this ending too happy? At the time, as much as I saw the truth in it for my characters, I confessed to not knowing that if happy endings could be expected in real life. But as a queer woman, I wanted, needed to see it in order to believe that it could happen for me. And she has a side note. As a side note, 15 years later, no one ever thinks that ending is too happy. The world changed, and for that, I am grateful. She continues... Now with the half of it, I'm regularly peppered with questions over whether certain characters end up together in ever-pointed crescendo together. But is the ending happy? Ha! My honest answer to that is that the point of the film isn't about who ends up with whom. It's about three people who collide in a moment in time before going their separate ways, each now holding the piece of themselves that allows them to become the person they are meant to be. The end of the film is each of their beginnings. And for my characters, I can think of no happier ending. Which brings me back to the friend who had started me down this path. I wrote the half of it as a way to work through heartbreak of losing that friendship. In retrospect, I might have been solving for the wrong equation. I've always harbored a deep pang over what I could have done differently to keep that friendship, to stave off the heartbreak. But perhaps that was never the point. Heartbreak or not, that friendship helped me become the person I am. Those late nights spent strategizing how to win at love were never about winning or love. They were about two ding-dongs who cared enough about each other to fully see and accept each other. It is the thing I love the most about Ellie and Paul, about Ellie and Aster, and in hindsight about my friend and me. So on that note, the half of it, and the hope that some of your endings become beginnings. Alice Wu, May 1st, 2020.
1: Oh my god, it's so sad It's such a nice,
0: heartfelt note And I absolutely, every time I watch this movie have to go back and read it Because I get all of those feelings from this movie Like, you really feel and can experience Just so much of that Like, everything she said I think I even said some of those things Exactly, like, earlier in this podcast But yeah, it's, it's an amazing film and I think that because it comes from such a heartfelt place, like, you can really feel it, which is why I think it really comes through as a movie. But I guess now we can go into the Bechdel test. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. I gotta, like, read that, that what she said, like, every day. That is, like, poetry, right? bro. That shit's It's beautiful. so good. Um, basically what I wanted to mention, because it does eventually pass but it's between um, Ellie and Aster,
0: right? Technically, I think she has it with her teacher first. <gasps> oh, you're right. <laughs> she says that. Okay, she says you're that. so right. I, I laugh at this joke every time when she's like something about like, oh, six takes, six different takes on like Sophocles or something like that. And then she's like, just the one. And then she turns in her paper and she's like, Oh, but if you didn't write their papers, I'd actually have to read theirs. And then she says something about like, all right, bye. Like you should go to college or something like that. Like something snappy. And then she tells the teacher she's like trying not to get fired this weekend. And then she's like <laughs> she says she says, um, uh, many may fear God, but you know what God fears? The teachers union. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like the end of the scene. <laughs> No, you're right. But she does with Aster, and I think that is a little bit more of an important, like, Bechtel test passing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's what's interesting (laughs) because. (laughs) i forgot about the teacher completely but you're right it does pass with the teacher because then they end up having multiple conversations Mm -hmm. um but i read something so did you ever watch the show bojack horseman on netflix yeah yeah okay
0: so one of the only television shows to have actual asexual representation yeah and it was like that up.
1: (laughs) yeah it was really good um they released like an art book or something. And I saw randomly somebody posted a quote from the art book. I tried to find it before because I was going to reference it, but I can't find it. And I I think it was the creator that said this, Um, but he said that he worked before doing BoJack, he worked as uh, like on a committee that would uh, read over like pilot scripts and like Mm -hmm. decide which ones that they would, you know, pass on to Greenlight and they would read through them and there were so many that had women characters as the side characters with a male character being the protagonist and the women characters were like solely defined by their relationship to the man like it was just like oh mm-hmm. his girlfriend his mom da 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 they were all these characters and they it got to a point where they were like you know what if if it's like that we're just, we're not even going to finish it we're just going to throw it away because they were like, we don't like that. We want it to be around women, whatever, whatever. Anyway, when they got around to finally writing BoJack, um, they found that all of the characters were. It just existed in relation to their relationship with Bojack. It was like, oh, Bojack's Bojack. writer Diane. Oh, Bojack's ex girlfriend and manager. Da da da. And they were like, oh really? shit, we're doing the exact same thing <laughs> that we said that we hated and all this stuff. And it's it's difficult when you're writing because then everything does happen to the protagonist. And inherently, yeah. when the protagonist is male then all of these women are accessories to that main character um, in the way that all of the events that happen are accessories to build that main character. And so they uh, doubled down on making sure that like the women that they introduced were people beyond their relationship with Bojack. And I think they mm. did a really good job because great. definitely they were like very, very strong, fleshed out, rich characters that could hold their mm. own. And, and at some points were more interesting. Like I would wish that they would cut <laughs> to Diane or like cut to, you yeah. know, Princess Carolyn and stuff. <laughs> and I think that is interesting because in this movie, they kind of do that where Aster kind of just exists in her relevance to Ellie which it's so in terms of the Bechdel test, it's like, okay, it passes and it's good because they're mm-hmm. not talking about men or, or for the most part, they're not talking about men. Um, but she, is kind of a, um, she's not, there's not much substance to her. She's kind of just Ellie's love interest. And if Ellie were a guy, it would be like, yo, that's sexist, da, da, da. And so I think it's kind of interesting, like the way, because if, if we were to say like, oh yeah, it passes, it's great. You know, these, it's these girls and stuff, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted to like Uh, bring it to the surface that there is that sort of um it it can exist where um women characters can be present uh in relation to a female protagonist and still not be strong female characters their existence is not inherently um like that same rich and developed representation
0: Mm -hmm. like the only thing that makes her basically not a manic pixie dream girl to ellie Is the fact that she does make her own decision at the very end. Like, that's about it. Wait, what decision? Other than the whole movie. She makes a decision to actually apply to art school.
1: Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay.
0: That's like, and like, walk out of the church and pretty much like, doesn't go back to the church after that. Like, with her dad and everything. And she breaks up with a, what's his face? Trig. Trig. Yeah. And so like... And I guess she does make, like, one other choice, but it's very much, like, the quirky girl, like, oh, we're gonna go and have a conversation type of a thing. Like, when she finds Ellie at Paul's and, like, they go to the, like, hot spring. It might not be a hot spring, but whatever source of water it was.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I was like, yeah,
0: you're right. (laughs) But they go to that thing and then they have their conversations there. Like, if she were a dude, if Ellie was a dude then Aster would be considered a manic fixie dream girl. Like, she may not have the colored hair, but yeah. she's got the, like, quirky personality. Yeah. She's got the, oh, I'm interested in books. I'm, like, an outsider even though I fit in kind yeah. of a thing. Like, that would be her trope. Yeah. Because I did like Aster's character. Like, I know she wasn't there a lot, but I liked how she challenged Ellie mm. and... I thought that that was kind of like a neat relationship because it seemed that like I feel like a lot of times they'll have a main character that's often challenging perspectives and stuff, mm-hmm. and I like that. Like, yes, Ellie did offer challenging perspectives, but every other character in the film, like her dad, Paul, and Aster, all kind of challenge her to open her own mind. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, maybe I see myself a little bit in Ellie, whereas, like, I will be like, oh, yeah, like, I have strong opinions a lot of the times, but I really like having other people, and I I will just sometimes sit down and be like, all right, how would I think about this from a completely different viewpoint? Like, I'll just go (laughs) through a bunch of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So I love in movies when you can kind of see that, like, every character offers a different perspective, like, to the movie for the main character, and... Yeah, like, at the same time, she, theoretically, like, if Ellie was a man, she would be, Aster would be, like, a manic pixie dream girl. Because, oftentimes, a manic pixie dream girl is, like, challenging, like, the main male Mm -hmm. character to, like, think about certain things and whatever. And so, yeah, I think it's really interesting that we bring it up. Because I don't think I, I had ever thought about it, like, that hard until literally like just now
1: <laughs> i know it was just a coincidence because i saw that quote and i was like wow that's a good fucking point and it was cool that they had admitted to that yeah. to their kind of like double it was like a reverse double standard because usually the double standard is like in favor of men but they like were like no we we love women and then like did that and i was like that's kind of cool <laughs> that they're like admitting that that's a thing that happens because i think that yeah people will like do you know they'll, they'll kind of just like write a a male character and then be like "Mm, I'll make it a woman but it's like those those tropes like you can see them you know like what is it like kind of float to the surface and like Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: and they're so like um ingrained in the history of film that it's almost easier because if you like resort to those tropes your audience is going to know what's going on it's like we're like oh you know she's just a love interest that like we're able to like connect the dots quicker Mm -hmm. but yeah those are like uh you know rooted in sexism and that kind of stuff so yeah yeah
0: it's a really interesting thing to think about. I'm always glad that we included this segment because it does really bring up a lot of just, just little things to think about yeah. when you watch <laughs> film and just like the things that we're used to as an audience seeing mm-hmm. and just ways that maybe like like you and I, we aspire to be filmmakers. Like we've made some short films. We aspire to like someday write and become filmmakers and make maybe like feature length films and stuff like that like these are all things that are going to be in the back of my head Mm -hmm. anywhere I go from like here on out you know yeah so I think it's cool that like we can talk about it and I hope that other people can listen to these conversations and also you know have a different perspective on things that they make after this yeah so I really do I like having the segment especially at like the end of the podcast after we've gone through all of our things to kind of just like tie it up you know
1: Food for thought. Yeah. So, what would you rate it? <sighs> Dang. <laughs> I okay, because I was getting pissed at myself about the the oh, fucking what what is it called? Old guard one. The old guard. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna change it retrospectively. <laughs> um, I'm gonna rate I'm gonna re-rate the old guard an eight, and I'm gonna rate this one a seven. <laughs>
0: Okay, because I think I also gave the old guard. I gave the old guard like a nine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nine or nine point five or something. Yeah, like that. A seven so was I would way too one, low. I don't like, know what
1: I was thinking. Yeah.
0: So yeah, like, it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I rated it pretty high. Mm-hmm. I think I said nine point five to be honest. I think or, so, like too, a yeah. nine. I don't remember, <laughs> but it was pretty high. Yeah. This one's also pretty high. Like I do really love this film. Um, it's not something that I really like. Would, I guess the only reason I would rate it as like an eight would be because I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for, like, everyone to watch. Like, I, like, the old guard, like, I can recommend recommend. to, like, huh?
1: An eight is really high to not recommend it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, like, I would still recommend it to people, but it's not like a, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, dad, you should watch this movie. It's, like, really good because... He's more of like an action guy, or like you don't like rom-coms. Like I wouldn't just recommend it to people that I know don't really like rom-coms that much, right. Or like, like I would recommend it to people that are like into that kind of like movie, like thematically maybe, or they really like love stories or something like that, or like a really like coming of age films. Like, yeah, but it, like in that genre, I would say is pretty high. Wow. So okay, yeah, okay, I give okay. it overall an eight for my own reasons, but like in the genre of like like coming of age rom-com type movies. Like it's still really up there.
1: Okay. That's awesome. Did you have any movies you would like to recommend? (sighs) I have three.
0: She said that she also directed this movie called saving face and I actually hadn't heard of it before reading that thing and i like really want to watch it oh my god so that was the first one i was gonna watching recommend. it maybe with me <laughs>
1: dude that was the first one i was gonna recommend i went and watched it it's so fucking awesome that i gave that one on Letterboxd. i gave it five stars and it's like a comfort movie because it was just so like it's but it, it's not about like kids it's about like adults and stuff and like my friend mm-hmm. jen watched it and she wasn't a fan just because like it's kind of the same where like saving face is more kind of about her relationship with her mom and then Mm. the girlfriend kind of takes a backseat again but i like that one so much more than that (laughs) it's so good (laughs) it's so 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 good um
0: like i definitely want to watch it now like
1: it's really good and but it is like i will say it's another well it came out in like 2004 so i don't really know what the queer uh, like film scene was like back then but it's kind of about Mm. like coming out of the closet which now mm. it's like that's played out like watching Happy season it's like oh, girl <laughs> another one of these and shit but back then i don't know i, I think it's it, it was like fantastic and i it was a, a nice little like window into like what queer films looked like back then or wait mm. what year was it not 2004 maybe it was earlier uh oh no 2004
0: okay
1: really yeah. good i love that one mm-hmm.
0: I have to be honest, watching this film reminded me, and I don't know exactly why, because I really like the movie. Uh, it's a Christmas movie technically, and it's a rom com. <laughs> I like rom coms, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's valid. It's a rom com. Um, it's written by a woman, um, and it's starring uh, Kate Winslet and freaking Cameron Diaz. The why am I blanking on the name? Like I love. Are this they movie. gay? No.
1: Oh.
0: But when did it come out? I'll look it up. The Holiday. It's called The Holiday. Oh, I heard. (laughs) Like it's one of those Christmas movies people like talk about a lot. Like they always talk about it, like in contrast to Love Actually, which I don't really know why. Because Love Actually is like a love story with like all these people, but The Holiday is like is awkwardly written by a woman about these two women who go and they like like they switch houses for like the holidays and they just kind of like figure out things, figure things out. <laughs> but it's odd because they like, they interact with each other a little bit and both of them interact with other men, like Jack Black's in this movie what? <laughs> and like, yeah. And like, he actually does a great acting job in this movie too. Like, I don't know what it is, But there's just like certain thematic things I think were similar to this movie as far as like their ideas of like love and like different types of love and just that kind of like exploration of it. Because there's like three core characters just like that all have their own experiences and it's like their interaction with all of that. So and it kind of ends again with like there's really no answer about love kind of a thing, but I always enjoy watching it because I enjoy watching movies that explore things uh like that (laughs) like I always like I'm always down to watch a movie where they explore love and it's not necessarily like purely just a romantic one right because there is like more elements with these other characters that gets like talked about Mm -hmm. and you do see a little bit more of like the female perspective when it does come to like romantic relationships Mm -hmm. instead of it just being like male perspectives Mm -hmm. (laughs) I um yeah so I guess I guess I would recommend that one
1: another early 2000s movie 2005 that I would recommend it's called imagine me and you have you heard of it
0: I feel like I have but like I don't think I've seen it
1: it's so good dude talk about rom-com I just saw this one recently and I cried like three times and it's it's so rom-com it's like it's it's stupid (laughs) like even like because it has like a 30 percent rating on rotten tomatoes i would give it like a freaking nine out of ten like it's so good like i finally understand like why people like rom-coms and this one's about um this girl on her wedding day she meets um like the florist like the woman who did the flowers for her wedding and they like have like a click and it's it's a what is it It's a British movie, I think. Um, Mm. And she's kind of trying to figure out. She's like, why do I just feel this, like, attachment to this girl? They start hanging out, all this stuff. And she kind of has to figure out, like, what is going on. And, like, her husband is, like, a really cute, sweet character. And, like, he is kind of like, you know what, like... Uh, I don't really know what's going on in our relationship and stuff like that. And it's like, it's, it's not necessarily miscommunication because she herself doesn't really know what's going on in like having this Mm -hmm. attachment to another woman. Um, but it was just so cute and beautiful. And like there's stupid scenes (laughs) where she's like going to the airport and like trying to catch up with her. And it's just like, great. I fucking loved it. It's directed by, (laughs) um, O Parker. Um, I think his original name was Oliver Parker. Um so it's it's a guy but it's freaking awesome movie. It's really cute. And I would recommend Book Smart. Um directed by Olivia Wilde um, cuz I feel like that I one is really Booksmart. so much and <laughs> like the whole friendship thing and mm-hmm. you know and the yeah. the rom-comedy whatever aspect they of do their
0: nice they do their their grand gestures and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their grand gestures for each other. I absolutely love it. Yeah. No, I love that film. I would 100% recommend that one as well. Yeah. All right. So I guess we're done now. We've talked about everything. A lot of things. Um, So thank you guys so much for tuning in, for staying as long as you did even if you only listen for like five minutes. (laughs) Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Continue hopefully to like recommend us films, uh, things that you would like for us to either talk about, or even just if you think we should watch them, films that we would watch. Uh, but again, if we're going to review it for the podcast has to be written by, directed by, or starring a woman. Um, you know, leave your comments, play FMF if you want continue on some of our conversations that we have. We would love to hear what you guys think, you know, extra points of views, things like, what did you think about the movie? Um, yeah. Thanks so much again for listening. We love you guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, have a great rest of your day or every time you're watching slash listening to this. (laughs) Bye.
1: Bye.